Hi everyone, welcome to Rocky Relationship and Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Danielle. And I'm your other co-host, Aaron. And we're just uh, two people who love to talk about Avatar. And you know what? It's been done before. Yes, we're not afraid to admit we're not the first Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Or the second, or the third, or the fourth, or the fifth. Or even the, the <laughs> tenth. But You know what? That's fine. I'm okay with being the fifteenth one. <laughs> or the... 27. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, we're just here to talk about a show that we really love and we decided that since we talk about it already, why not record the conversations of us talking about it? Yeah, so just an intro. Aaron and I are boyfriend and girlfriend and Avatar the Last Airbender is something that we talk about all the time in our daily lives. Um Yeah. It, it, it's a show that's very special to the both of us. Super special. I mean, let's Let's uh, just let the cat out of the bag. We do have two cats named Toph and Boomy. Yes, so, our two earthbenders. Yeah, and they are a handful. So they kind of helped inspire the you know the name of the podcast, Rocky Relationship, as well as our our own relationship. Um, it's not that rocky. Hey, let's, don't get any ideas. It can be a little rocky, but you know what? Who's isn't? <laughs> yeah, um, we're just very earth earth prone in this household you know earth prone. <laughs> you know our cats are named after earthbenders we're both earth signs i'm a capricorn mm. aaron's a taurus he'll tell you that very, means nothing to him very <laughs> relevant very relevant uh, well why don't we start off just like talking about our experience with the and they're show. very different yeah so danielle why don't you go so i have the classic experience of i watched this as a kid when it first came out i actually remember like watching the pilot as it premiered and it came out in 2005 so i was only nine actually mm -hmm. um so still a young kid third or fourth grade and yeah it was the first show i remember probably watching like each episode week to week and following the actual story of the show because before that i was mainly watching like sitcoms on disney channel or nickelodeon yeah. like spongebob you know lizzie mcguire we all know the classic sitcom spongebob <laughs> <laughs> oh spongebob his situational comedy um so it really was something super unique and something that i'd never seen before um but it was also right up my alley because i was already a fan of harry potter and that whole boy wonder mystical element you know yeah kid with powers saves the world type yeah. trope which who doesn't love that you know um and aaron's experience was quite different yeah i mean not yeah it was different uh i mean i was a cartoon network stan as a kid um, I didn't really uh, watch a lot of Nickelodeon shows, so I didn't really get into Avatar. A lot of my friends did, um, but it didn't really go. It didn't really come until we started dating. And you were really so, trying to pressure me to watch the show <laughs> for like four or five years. So we started dating in like 2015, and yeah. you watched it when? Fall of 2019. Yeah. <laughs> so it took a while. Um, it took a while for me to convince him and finally, well, I mean, you weren't like spending four years trying to convince me. Um, uh, I mean, uh, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I feel like I always forgot 
that you never watched it. Like, I would bring it up, and I'd be like, yeah, like an avatar, and then you'd be like, oh, yeah, I never watched it. And I'd be like, what? And I'd block it out of my brain because it was just too painful for me to understand <laughs> that you had never seen it. Um, and then finally you watched it, and you got to, like, binge it. Yeah, I binged it. Um, I, well, yeah, we I, I watched all of Avatar, um, you know, or Atla, you know, the, the, the regular show. And then I also uh, binged Korra right after, and... Guess who finished Korra before Danielle? Aaron. Listen, I love Korra. Listen, this is a pro Korra podcast. Yes. No Korra slander on this podcast. Except for season two. We can talk shit about season two. Yeah, fuck season two. But <laughs> Korra is great, but this is not a Korra podcast. <laughs> no, not yet. Um, yeah, I didn't watch Korra when it came out because I was in high school and it was just hard to sit down every week and... Uh, you know, watch it. Um, but I did watch it when it came out on Netflix because it was very convenient. It kind of had a renaissance, Avatar did, when it came out on Netflix. Oh, it definitely did. So many people started. It, it, it became like all over Reddit, YouTube, TikTok. Facebook, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok especially. Um, I mean, I think it's because it was just like the, it was a reintroduction or rather an introduction to the Gen Z audience. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a whole generation of kids who never really got to experience it until it became on netflix and more became more widely available so just shows how universal and beloved this show is and yeah. you know here we are after almost a decade like after more than a decade 15 years after talking about it talk, yeah so how this podcast is kind of gonna go is we're gonna be um as we talk about book one, Water, we're going to kind of play it by ear per episode. Um, so for this one, we're going to be talking about chapters one and two. Um, that they, way, Yeah, they flow very well together. Yeah, it, it was. it's very hard to not talk about them both together. Um, it, it's kind of impossible because it's the whole introduction to the story. So um, we, we thought that we would talk about chapter one and two and then... Um, you know, if we come across, you know, there, there are going to be certain episodes where it's going to be important to just talk about that one episode. I'm so, looking at you, the storm. Yes, there's plenty of episodes. I mean, um, you I'm think... I'm looking at you, Zuko, alone. <laughs> and you really think we're going to be spending one episode talking about the Great Divide? Yeah, that's definitely going to be a double up episode. I'm not going to spend a whole hour <laughs> talking about those damn tribe crossing a canyon <laughs> yeah but yeah let's get right into it let's go looking for me you're the airbender you're the avatar i've spent years preparing for this encounter training meditating you're just a child well you're just a teenager all right so let's start with chapter one titled the boy in the iceberg um, so in the opening narration to the series, we're shown this world of four elements, water, fire, earth, and air. For 100 years, the firebenders of the Fire Nation have been at war with the rest of the nations, creating decades of conflict and destruction. The one master of all elements, the Avatar, has disappeared, and all hope seems to be lost. So we start now with Katara and Sokka on a boat in the Arctic. Katara is practicing waterbending while Sokka is fishing. In a fit of rage towards Sokka, Katara accidentally causes a nearby iceberg to break, revealing an unconscious boy and a bison. The boy wakes up and introduces himself as Aang, an airbender from the Air Nomads, who have been thought to be extinct for 100 years. 
Meanwhile, we find Zuko, the prince of the Fire Nation, with his uncle Iroh, who are on the hunt for the Avatar. They notice a column of light that came from the iceberg that Aang was trapped in, and Zuko is certain he has the Avatar this time. Back at the Southern Water Tribe, Katara tells Aang that she is the only waterbender in her tribe, and Aang promises to take her to the Northern Water Tribe where she can learn from the waterbending masters. In the meantime, we also learn that Zuko is in search of the Avatar in order to restore his honor back at home. Eventually, Katara and Aang stumble upon an abandoned Fire Navy ship, and Katara reveals to Aang that the Fire Nation has been at war with the other elemental nations for the past 100 years, thus causing Aang to realize that he was not in that iceberg for a couple of days like he initially thought. While at the abandoned ship, they accidentally set off a flare, which alerts Prince Zuko to the Avatar's whereabouts, and that's where we end at Chapter 1. Chapter 2, The Avatar Returns. We see Sokka and Grand Grand, Katara and Sokka's grandmother, reprimand and scold Katara and Aang for setting off the flare. They banish Aang from the Southern Water Tribe, then Sokka and the village prepare for the oncoming attack from the Fire Nation. Zuko then descends onto the tribe and demands they bring the Avatar to him. Aang notices the attack and goes to defend the village. During the confrontation, Zuko reveals that Aang is the Avatar, and in the best interest of defending the village, Aang decides to surrender himself. With the blessing of Grand Grand, Katara and Sokka go to save Aang from capture with the help of Appa, Aang's flying bison. Aboard Zuko's ship, Aang manages to escape from the guards that were escorting him to his cell and battle Zuko during his escape. Zuko gains the upper hand and throws Aang into the water, causing Aang to revert to the Avatar state, making his eyes and tattoos glow, and he waterbends himself into the safety of Katara, Sokka, and Appa, leaving a trail of destruction for Zuko to clean up. As they ride away from Zuko, they set course for the North Pole so that Aang and Katara can learn how to waterbend. Wow. <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot to unpack there. So let's get right into it. Um, so already, just the introduction, the writers are really kind of showing their prowess. They're, well, it's really cool because they're showing everything and they're not telling us everything. That's a really important um, tool to, to utilize in the writing process. And I think that's really uh, done super well. Um, so... Yeah, first first glimpse at the amazing work done by the creators here. Yeah, Michael DiMartino, Brian Konitzko, I mean, they're the show creators. They absolutely knocked out of the, knocked it out of the park, you know, with these first couple episodes. It really shows you how great this series is going to be. Yeah. Um so let's uh, let's start with, you know, Sokka and Katara's uh first scene, their their first interaction um and the, the first characters the audience gets to see. Um, so right away, we can kind of already tell what their motivations are, um, especially Katara immediately. She is trying to figure out how to waterbend. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah, she's it's, really bad at it. <laughs> it's, it's cute. It's very cute. Uh, um, it's, Listen, <laughs> she does it better than I can in the pool as a kid splashing water onto my friends. <laughs> yeah. You ever got in the pool and you like try to like move the water currents oh, around? Oh, all the you? time. Like still as an adult. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, but Katara is on a bigger level she's trying to help out her brother she's trying to waterbend a fish for dinner you know yeah um and so we we, we learn that katara is you know trying to figure out waterbending Sokka's really not that into it um he calls it magic he is... every time you play with your magic water i get wet yeah <laughs> he is very not about <laughs> not about it what is going on he just wants to catch his fish and yeah do his thing <laughs> and it, it already we, we we see their relationship 
you know, they're they're the typical brother sister bickering fighting. And that... Katara's a feminist queen. Yep, she is. We can't really deny and that. And Sokka is in the embodiment of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Hey, without his toxic masculinity, we wouldn't have gotten uh, that boy out of that iceberg, huh? That's, the, I'll, I'll give toxic masculinity that one point, Aaron. Yes, I don't think thank we you. should give them that one. <laughs> but, I, one note, I think it's the first time I've ever heard a character like call someone else sexist on Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a kid, they're already just like going right out of the gate uh, with with uh, these this feminist theory. I love it. She's a queen. <laughs> we love her. Yeah. But um, so, so yeah, we get this really um, uh, great sense of their motivations, um, especially Katara. And then Sokka is a little more implicit, right? Um, we we he's trying to catch this fish, but as we as we go to to learn about the character of Sokka, he um, he he really tries to um, gain respect. He 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 really looks for respect because. Because he has that respect of himself. He's very narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but at the same time, it, we have to realize that these two characters, they are thrust into a situation that they didn't really ask for, right? I mean, they're both their, their dad um, went off with all of the other men from the Southern Water Tribe to go fight the, the war with the Earth Kingdom against the Fire Nation. So that left Katara and Sokka to take care of the village namely katara yeah are there not other women in this tribe like i mean there are but <laughs> it seems like she's doing all the work here yeah i mean it, it really the only other adult we see is grand grand right? can't grand grand clean Sokka's dirty socks <laughs> yeah you think uh, it's a little it, it might be so dirty that it just takes so much effort <laughs> it's just so much elbow grease that grand grand just cannot do it but yeah like katara has had to become a mother in many ways to Sokka. And Sokka has had to step up as the only man left in the tribe. And he's only like 16. Yeah. I mean, their ages, they're not super apparent, but they're they are young. And they shouldn't be in this situation, but they are. And they have to deal with that. Um, so that's something that we... And they deal learn. with it in different ways. Yeah, they deal with it in completely different ways. I mean, Katara rightfully takes the role of the caretaker i mean that's we we come to find out that that's just who she is mm -hmm. as as we as she you know carves out her own role within the rest of the series and within the the regular gang that we come to know and love i mean it's her being a caretaker that yeah. saves ang from the iceberg and starts this whole saga off yeah yeah definitely and then on the other hand we have sokka who He's trying to take the role of protector. He's trying to protect this village. He's honestly paranoid yeah. that the Fire Nation is going to attack them. He's training children. He has he, a child he army. He has his little, like, rascals, like, Sokka's uh, warrior army camp. Yeah. And he, <laughs> no potty breaks. <laughs> no potty breaks. Uh, very strict. <laughs> that, those poor kids. <laughs> Here, go home. <laughs> but uh, he in, he has this child army. He's trying to create... He He's built like a watchtower that Aang just, yeah, <laughs> just completely destroys. And um, he, he, he takes on that role seriously. Like he takes it seriously. He has that one quote, I'm trying to keep my promise to my dad, mm -hmm. right? When they're reprimanding um, Aang and Katara for setting off that flare, he, he, you could tell he has this, he feels this immense responsibility as the only um, male, you know, or at least the oldest male in the tribe, right? Mm -hmm. 
And it's to his detriment sometimes because, like yeah. you said, he is overly paranoid. Paranoid. Yeah. He thinks this bald monk who just appeared out of the ice is a Fire Nation spy. Yeah. Like, like they they froze a Fire Nation spy and, and planted <laughs> him in the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, we really do see a lot of development from him already, though. You know, we do. We open the show, and like we said very toxic masculinity he's narcissistic he's making muscles to himself in the water and listen those things we love about him they never go away (laughs) yeah but um he does already grow so much you know after ang basically sacrifices himself for his tribe he wastes no time rushing into action and helping his sister he didn't need to be convinced at all you know, mm-hmm. Katara thought he had, she had to convince him, but he was like, nah, let's get on the bill. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, girl, I'm packed. Like, let's go stop talking. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you would think maybe he's not about that. But he, he really is. He really recognizes um, that this other person who complete stranger to the tribe, Aang, Aang was, he like sacrificed himself for the good of the tribe. Mm-hmm. And so someone like Sokka to recognize that already shows uh, a good sign of character. Like, uh, like he is going to develop into... A character that we're going to really it's like. definitely your first sign that he's not just the comic relief yeah. of this show there's definitely there's so many layers to every single character you see on the show yeah uh, definitely and um did you have anything else you want to make maybe talk about like katara katara for sure in the same way that we see sokka grow and change his mind towards ang you know we see katara start to learn to have fun in this episode when she's yeah. introduced to ang you know, one of the saddest things in this, one of the saddest parts of this episode or these episodes is when Aang and Katara are penguin sledding and she's like, wow, I haven't done this since I was a kid. Aang's like, you still are a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like that broke my heart. Um, that really shows you like she has had to take on so much. Yeah. So young. And, you know, and she mentions like, Aang has brought so much fun already into her life, into this, right. into the tribe. And that's why she, one, she wants to learn waterbending from him because he's the only other bender that she's ever met. But two, like she, she genuinely yearns for that. She loves that kid in him. Yeah. It, it's something that, I mean, you, you have someone like Sokka who, you know, they're, they're brother and sister. They're never really going to have like that fun together. Right. Hmm. That, cause they're, they're, they're the caretakers. So, I mean, they have to do the chores all, all the time. And yeah, when... Katara has to wash the socks and Sokka has to train the kids. And, you know. <laughs> but, um, th- that brings us to someone who likes to have fun all the time. Maybe a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Where with Aang, where his motivations or rather lack of motivations really kind of help define how we um, grow to uh, kind of are, are introduced to the character of Aang. And his struggle with what he's been dealt with. Yeah. He, his, his first words <laughs> out of that iceberg, not what day is it? Yeah. Where am I? What's going on? No, it's, Ooh, girl, you're pretty. Let's <laughs> like, go let's penguin go penguin sledding. sledding. Yeah. And Not even like concern for Appa, like justice <laughs> for Appa. Yeah. No, yeah. He, Appa is a complete second thought. He does not. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, Appa. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's really kind of interesting to, um, ha- you know, have this show centered around this kid who we, we come to learn he's not ready 
for his responsibility as the avatar one he it's not very it's not stated right away that he is the avatar um you know within the actual show Mm -hmm. katara asks him or katara kind of brings it up like hey have you heard of the avatar you know um do you know anything about him like nope don't know thing um yeah so i see you're an airbender yeah Uh, you ever heard of this guy called the avatar like yeah. do you know him he's kind of a big deal we've kind of been looking for him for like the past century <laughs> you seem to might be able to know how to find him he's yeah, like yeah. no 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 i'm not me i don't know the guy like yeah. no no maybe yeah maybe he's from another air temple I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously so it, it, it's it's kind of interesting that we have this show centered around this kid and he's already not trying to accept the responsibility and, and i think there's guilt there there is there is it, it's not it's not completely evident yet yeah we don't see that from the first two episodes but as we start to learn about how he came to where he is or Mm -hmm. came to where he ended up got in the iceberg how he got into the iceberg we we figure that we figure out that he's not ready he did not want this at all Mm -hmm. um and he just wanted to be a kid i mean another thing that we don't really see yet i mean in the show it it showed like oh he has these tattoos all over yeah it made a big point of katara seeing him dress um in in the tribe and it really lingered on his tattoos and yeah you're right we don't know this yet uh but we know in the like overall world of avatar that you don't get those tattoos unless you're an airbending master yeah like there, there is very good reason why he has those tattoos. So we know he's talented. Yeah, and um, and powerful. Yeah, definitely. And what's really um, also interesting is that with with Aang himself, when he's confronted about being the Avatar, he's super dismissive. Um, finally, when Zuko confronts him, you know, you are the Avatar. It's this big reveal to Katara and Sokka. Um, they they like they just weren't aware at all i mean katara had this inkling but not, i don't even say it was an inkling honestly it was just her i don't think she had an genuinely I- any curious. idea honestly right you know we're, we're gonna cut later into the to the very end of chapter two when you know all of a sudden done he's escaped from zuko and they're on their way to the north pole to to learn water bending because that's the next step for him and katara also wants to learn water bending but why he's... didn't you tell me that you were the avatar yeah i but, never wanted to be yeah uh, it, it's such a uh, a really great line and but <laughs> at the at the end he as, still doesn't want to be the he avatar. still doesn't want to be the avatar he just like he avatar stated himself out of the water he just like um completely utterly destroyed, destroyed Zuko's Zuko. ship with a avalanche yeah <laughs> and he's like all right time to go uh giant ride the koi, koi fish yeah ride the koi fish ride the hog monkeys let's let's go let's take these detours <laughs> he definitely still doesn't have that uh sense of urgency yeah at all which is fair i mean he knows there's a war going on but he doesn't yet know the implications he, of that he war. does not understand the gravity of the situation mm-hmm. um which is something that we will find out and he will find out you know in yes. the later episodes um but along with ang in his lack of motivation we have a character who is kind of extremely motivated extremely <laughs> motivated uh yeah zuko zuko he... my man sorry i just need a there's always going to be a point in the episode where I just rave about Zuko. First crush. I oh, mean, love I mean, him. I, I know you're going to bring it up, Dante Bosco. The man, the myth, the voice, the legend, <laughs> I the mean, icon. I, I, I watch like a video of him speak and I still can't believe like that's his real voice. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, also circle back. 
Love for um, Jack DeSena, who voices Sokka. Love him. He's from All That, favorite show growing up. I wanted to be on All That. I loved him so much. <laughs> yeah, but as we now, um, as, as we're looking at Zuko as a character in his intense motivation to, um, to, to find the Avatar, we start, we, we, we don't know exactly what's going on with his life yet, but we can tell. We can tell he's been through some shit. He's been through some shit. <laughs> Visually. And he's his. Just- messed up (laughs) yeah and his entire his the the stakes around his life evolve revolve sorry revolve around finding the avatar and it's kind of implied that this he's kind of on a wild goose chase and they've been at it for a while yeah um so finally he catches this big break with you know seeing the light he finally finds the avatar um and you can tell and sorry and he's confident yeah he thinks that Aang is a 112-year-old old man who has <laughs> had 100 years to master all four elements. Yeah. And he's ready to go in there with his basic fire training <laughs> technique. He's basically like, I, I am a hobbit, and I'm trying to find Gandalf, and I'm trying to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, which props to him. Like, he's so driven that he is ready to just like beat down this master <laughs> yeah seriously and which we find out that ang is not he's still a worthy foe yeah but... ang is a, is an airbending like think about it too zuko has never seen airbending no at one at all no has. one has no but one living someone has. someone like zuko who is like not only trying to prepare to fight the avatar he doesn't even know what like a fourth of his style is gonna even look like yeah or like you know uh feel like as it smacks him in the face you know Um, yeah you can't 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 say that zuko is not confident in (laughs) his skills (laughs) but what's really interesting and it kind of i think illustrates his motivations really well is when he finally reaches the southern water tribe and he's demanding where the avatar is he's not threatening the southern water tribe to like hey if you don't show me the avatar you're all dead yeah. i think it's a little implied it is a nickelodeon it show. is a nickelodeon show but we do see later on in the show how horrible these fire nation villains can be yeah exactly so seeing someone like zuko who's he he's really only there to find the avatar he, he grabs grand grand you think he's gonna like throw her to the ground and be like grand grand's dead unless you find me the avatar no he's like he looks like this one <laughs> this is a visual representation of what i am looking for <laughs> <laughs> the oldest person in the group but um it, it's 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 a very small inkling but it is an inkling into is his humanity which we will see yeah. develop over the show yeah and i wanted to get your actual your opinion viewing this as an adult and mm-hmm. uh binge watching it what do you remember your first like uh your first thought when you impression of Zuko that's it's hard because um with a show like Avatar of how popular it was I already kind of knew Zuko was going to go through this major character transformation um it's kind of like when you watch Star Wars for the first time and um you already know Darth you already know Darth Vader's Luke's father so spoiler alert yeah sorry (laughs) but uh (laughs) It was kind of, in that sense, it was kind of spoiled for me. I knew that he was going to go through this transformation. Um, so I, I can't really faithfully say that I had like, oh, I hated Zuko at first. I thought, you know, I don't know. I, I... See, that's interesting because as a kid, when things are so much more black and white, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably did hate Zuko. <laughs> right. I, I, I was like, who's this loser with a ponytail? <laughs> I mean, I, I think they painted him as a villain really well. He he has this intense scar on mm-hmm. his left eye. I mean, there's a there's a whole story behind that. Um, and it's it, it's a sad story, but we we with with that as we learn Zuko's backstory, we we gain the sympathy. But right now, we think he's just an asshole teenager who's trying to and they find do it well, dude. Yeah, they do it really well. So let's talk about Uncle Iroh. Yeah, our boy, our our, our main gamer in charge. <laughs> I love him so much. Another example of not just a comic relief. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> We we first are introduced to him finally Zuko he 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 sees the big light in the beginning and he's like finally the Avatar I'm here and then he's like and Iroh's like does that mean my game's interrupted <laughs> and he's like playing a pie show or we don't even know what it is but he is a very avid pie show gamer as yes, we find as out yes as we know and um, he's an avid tea enthusiast yep and so. We 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 are introduced to this not only Zuko but his relationship with Iroh and and their relationship together, um, and it, it's kind of strange, right? Because we have on the one hand Zuko who's really really focused on his honor and focused on restoring that. On the other hand, we have Iroh who's super laid back. He's not that concerned, honestly. But about... we do know from his training with Zuko that he is this firebending master. Yeah, I mean, Iroh is is a firebending master. We find out he's a general eventually, but at the same time, we're kind of left wondering in, the, in these first two episodes, how did they get to this point, right? Mm-hmm. What exactly happened for Iroh to kind of be uh supervise honestly he's a supervisor for for zuko and it's not revealed yet but it is hinted that zuko and iroh kind of can't go home until this mission is completed yeah uh once uh zuko finally has ang in his grasp he's like i'm going home yeah yeah and um but at the same time iroh is really trying to urge zuko to exercise patience exercise willpower he's trying to curb zuko's expectations yeah yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to say that Iroh doesn't think this is gonna happen. I, I like obviously knowing the show and how it goes, you know they they obviously deal with the Avatar and and they know what what happens. But you know from Iroh's perspective, he's this old guy who has been around for all of the Fire Nations, you know, o- almost the the entire Hundred Year War. He's a super old guy, and um, he just doesn't really think that they're he, gonna he's find like we've, the we've been through this before yeah Zuko, come on yeah your like, your father your great-grandfather you know all all these people have tried and what makes you think that you're able to and succeed? what zuko thinks well that makes him different is he has his honor on the stake on yeah. the line he has his honor on the line yeah he really does um and, and that's the most important thing to him at this point yes and iroh's it, the most important thing to him is you know, keeping Zuko in check and caring for him. Yeah, definitely. And so th- that also kind of brings us um, when when Iroh is talking to Zuko, you know, I, I think a really important scene is when um, Zuko or sorry, Iroh is training Zuko firebending and um, he's really he, he's trying to tell Zuko, like, control your emotions, control your passion, control your anger. Use your breath as an extension. Otherwise, you know... Firebending doesn't come from the, the muscle. It comes from the breath. 
something yeah yeah he talks about how the no, no no i mean it's fine but he he talks about how the breath is super important to firebending itself and controlling their emotions which which brings me or brings us into our next point where um we we talked a lot about contextual kind of character development but now we're talking about contextual world building and where we talk about the um bending itself and um we're, we're shown this with the the training scene with Zuko and Iroh, Zuko, Iroh's telling Zuko to control his emotions. And we figure out that bending, the, 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 the art form, or rather the, the fighting styles of bending, is inherently linked to one's emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but it, controlled by actual technique and uh, real-life inspired martial arts. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, <clears throat> we have firebending inspired by um, northern Shaolin Kung Fu. Um, air bending is inspired by Bagua Zhan. Um, water bending is from Tai Chi and earth bending. We don't see this in the episode, but, um, earth bending is from the Hungar style of uh, mm-hmm. martial arts. Um, a great thing about this show is that they actually had a, um, correspondent, uh, mm-hmm. Sifu Kitsu. Yeah. Sifu Kitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would actually teach the animators yeah. <laughs> martial arts and have them physically learn it so that they could uh, animate it better and yeah. more accurately. Yeah, I, I thought that's, I mean, seeing the, the behind the scenes videos of that, it's it's so amazing. It, it gives you a really deeper sense, deeper appreciation of the For show itself. For the work itself. that went into the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but another thing about like being controlled the bending being linked to emotion. That's what we see immediately with Katara when yeah. she goes on that rant. Like mm-hmm. that's what causes the iceberg to break apart and for Aang's iceberg to rise above the sea. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because again, it's another example of showing and not telling. We 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 it's showed by Katara being super pissed at Sokka for being an asshole, and um, she breaks the ice, and we kind of it, it implies that emotions are inherently linked to bending and then it's pretty explicitly said you know by iroh you have to control your emotions you have to control your energy and your passion mm-hmm. um so another really great example of the writing and what we're kind of um noticing where the writers are showing us and not telling what's going on um the <clears throat> a really great example uh, also um with you know world bent world building is um, the the juxtaposition right between um, the fire ships versus the um, versus the southern water tribe, right? Yeah, you have uh, this extremely technically techno- technologically advanced yeah. fire nation battleship. Yeah, just plowing its way. We see two of them. Yeah, right? through ice, like into like. This little tribe built by ice and Katara and Sokka's little canoe. You know, it's yeah. just a huge juxtaposition. And it's an obvious note to how this war has affected um, the losing, you know, nations. Yeah. I mean, we, we see that the Southern Water Tribe, they're pretty cut off from the rest of the world. I mean, you have Katara, who's the only person that is is a bender you know, probably within hundreds of miles other than the, the fire nation people, but really like, um, as far as the people that are living there, Mm -hmm. there, she's the only bender. Sokka is just like, you know, we, we mentioned this before. He's like calling it magic. He, he's so ignorant. The whole tribe 
is yeah. calling it magic. They they called Aang's bending a magic trick. Yeah. You know, they're so cut off with this thing, this art form that's so unique to their culture. Yeah. And they're so cut off from it. it. And it's kind of interesting, too, because you have someone like Grand Grand who... Has been around. Has been around. And she's also not... I, don't, I wouldn't say ignorant, but she's just, like, dismissive. Yeah. It's just, like, that is not our thing anymore. It is done. Well, she's focused on just... Surviving. Know, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're so pretty helpless. They, yeah. they are. All they're, they got is Sokka and his ragtag team of five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of just shows how much of a toll that this war has had on this world, mm-hmm. right? Where they we have this entire civilization. I mean, think about what the Southern Water Tribe could have been before this war. Like, I mean, we eventually see the Northern Water Tribe, and uh, it's a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And so it, it's kind of sad to see the Southern Water Tribe in this state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're essentially like denouncing their own culture culture by dismissing they're Katara. just they're just ignorant of it they're not denouncing it they're just they, they, they yeah don't they don't know. they don't they don't know any better um it is nice to see uh side note like it is nice to see the rebuilding of the southern water tribe later in Korra. yeah they, I, I was gonna mention that too it is really cool to see that um again world building they yeah. do a, such a good job of like they, you don't hear someone say, well, we haven't seen waterbending in 100 years, so why would we ever care about this? Like, no, it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, what is this yeah. magic? Um, also, we, we were talking about the bending styles, right? Um, with 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 these fights, too. We, we, we yeah, we see, see our first um, actual bit of action. Yeah, in the, in the second episode. We don't really see it in the first episode no, at all. No, but... we just see Aang, like, kind of flying around yeah just, just like hanging out <laughs> sticking his tongue to his staff and just making... doing magic tricks <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't pull out the marble the marble <laughs> but uh yeah he didn't even air scooter for them really well not we, in the first episode. not in the first episode we do see the air scootering in the second episode but um yeah that 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 brings us to airbending as like in uh a style of martial arts with bagua zhang um, because in, in the first fight that we see with Zuko, yeah, in the first fight, well, they, they had their little confrontation where he was just like spinning his stick while Zuko was just like uh, blasting blasting fire fireballs at him. at him. So that wasn't really like a, a I wouldn't fight. I wouldn't say that was a fight, but eventually when um, Aang is escaping, yeah, when he escapes and him and Zuko have this big fight, um, it's the first first fight we ever see, you know, first bending fight we ever see, and already it's showing us what these bending styles are and showing us that they are the differences the differences and that how they are rooted in real life martial art styles and techniques um, and how they utilize them for example bagua zhang it's that from my understanding you know i'm not an expert but yeah hashtag not an expert hashtag not an expert but we're going to do our best here um and if if you think that we said something wrong please let us know. oh please correct us yeah but um, from my understanding, Bagua Zhang is really about evasion, you mm-hmm. know, and really trying to get behind your enemy and um, strike at the right moment. You know, it's not about aggression. It's not mm-hmm. about power. It's not about causing harm. Yeah, not about causing harm. A big um, technique is circle walking mm-hmm. that, I, that I've seen. And you can see that with Aang when he's yeah. fighting Zuko. He literally does that. And it's really cool because they implement the mystical elements of bending like with that technique of evasion. Like he's 
mm-hmm. air scootering around all of the guards yeah. and <laughs> like hot, like evading them and going through their legs and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, it, it's super um, interesting to see how the animators um, took what they learned from Sifu Kisu and not only, you know, employed real life techniques, but kind of uh, put their, put Aang's personality rather into mm-hmm. um, the, the fight itself. And put the element of air into it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I can't imagine how hard it might be to figure out how to animate air. Oh, I, yeah. These animators, I know it's a podcast, but this, this show is beautiful. I'm sorry you can't see it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so beautifully done and yeah. the visuals are so Stunning. I saw in an interview once, like the animators were talking about getting direction from the creators on how to draw certain scenes, mm-hmm. and the creators were describing it as they were like, like they were directing it pretty much. Like we pan into this shot, this wide shot of a, a ice barren land, and he's yeah. like, "Dude, it's an animation. Like I'm drawing it. It's yeah. not a camera shot. I can just <laughs> zoom into." Yeah. Seeing those behind the scenes was so fun because, I mean, as a kid, you don't think about how hard it might be to communicate these ideas in um, a a drawn medium, Mm -hmm. you know, an animated medium. But um, as an adult, you you start to figure out that there's so much work Mm -hmm. that has gone into this show. And you appreciate the beauty of it. Yeah. And it's really well done. Super well done. So a couple fun facts about uh, these this first introduction to the series. Wait, 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 how fun are they? They're very fun. They're pretty fun. Okay. They're they're a good time. Um, so as we said, the show first aired in two thousand and five. Um, in the intro we see in the first episode, you know, it's a longer intro than the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the translations. So the calligraphy you see um, mm-hmm. in the intro, uh, it can be roughly translated, each of the elements. So for water, translates to kindness. Earth mm. translates to strength. Fire translates to passion and air translates to harmony. Awesome. And then the on the map, uh, the writing is translated to the many mighty powers divided in four. Mm. That's some good shit. Mm-hmm. Some <laughs> fun facts right there. And then above the title, Avatar the Last Airbender, the words can be translated to the deity who descends upon the world. Ooh, that's it's kind of ominous a little bit. Yeah, I think um you can really uh the you can tell the concept of the avatar and this deity who descends upon the world and the reincarnation of the avatar. We obviously don't know about the reincarnation yet, but it's very based in uh Hinduism. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of these ideas are uh brought from different Asian cultures. Yeah. It, it's really worth saying that I think or it's it, it's worth saying that um, this show is not trying to emulate Asian culture. It just takes from many different um, cultures from, yeah. from the, uh, Asia, where, you know, Japanese, Chinese, um, Indian, Indian. Yeah. It, it's not just Inuit. Yeah. Yeah. You And you can see it all. You can see all those cultures 
even in one scene. So it, yeah, you, like you said, it's not trying to like emulate ancient China or right. a, a specific country at yeah. any one time, but it really does. It just takes inspiration from mm -hmm. these and, and creates a fictitious world based on those, um, those cultural aspects. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get into our uh, final little segment. What was your favorite bending moment? That you yeah. Um, so we're gonna each week we're gonna uh, talk about the coolest bending moment we thought uh, from the episodes. And uh, actually, Aaron, you go first. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I thought about mine yet. <laughs> My favorite bending moment. Um, I think it has to be. I always think about this when I when I think about the fir the, the first like episode when he is on the air scooter and he goes around the guards in that hallway mm -hmm. and uh, he, he just like makes that like corkscrew around them. I'm like, geez, what what a freaking kid, man! Like, yeah, <laughs> he's just like so cheeky about it. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I'm honestly gonna give some props to Katara. And she figured out how to throw the water onto the guards while they were escaping and freeze them. Not oh, without yeah. freezing Sokka first, but <laughs> <laughs> I do want to give props to my girl. Like that's her first, like that's her first fighting moment with water bending. Yeah. And to see her go from that to the master we know she becomes, uh, I think I think it's a really cool moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I think one of my other favorite bending moments is uh, the very end when uh, Zuko and Iroh, they throw the big fireball and Aang just like... You, bats it away. Yeah, he bats it away. It's, it's the it's, face he makes, it's though. It's slow motion. Just like... <laughs> one of my favorite moments, we, we watched the episodes twice, um, you know, once like a couple of days ago and once, you know, before we... Um, started talking about it on the podcast and um, it's not a bending moment I guess I mean it's Oppa. I'm talking about Oppa so I guess he is bending but when yeah, props to Oppa we haven't really talked about Oppa <laughs> yeah well he, he's, he's gonna get his moment yeah. um, we love Oppa we do love Oppa but when Sokka is trying to get him to go and he finally says yip yip <laughs> the very next uh, frame of, of Oppa's face it, I just imagine the words yip yip intensifies. <laughs> He's just the like growling. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny seeing um, him take off for the first time. Yeah, well, uh, I think that pretty much does it. Do you have anything you want to add? Anything you want to plug, Danielle? Uh, go check out Dante Bosco's um, TikTok. Account. His TikTok. It's really. Funny. I don't have TikTok, so what should I, how should I, as um, a non TikTok? He also uh, streams on Twitch. Oh, yeah. Really cool. And sometimes he watches Avatar. Does he play games or does he? I don't know, but he streams on Twitch <laughs> and sometimes he watches Avatar and he has some of the cast on. So okay. That's, really cool. that's yeah. pretty cool. I'll check that out. He's a he's a great TikToker. Yeah. Well, um, I don't really have anything to plug that's Avatar related. I have a YouTube channel, Data Lake Gaming. Check that out. Me and my friend Will have started that. So if you're into gaming, go check that out on YouTube. Follow our cats on Instagram. Follow our cats on Instagram. Is it Toff underscore Boomy? What is it? Yeah. Or is it Toff and Boomy? We're doing a quick, uh, quick Instagram quick check. Instagram check. We, we who quick remembers who remembers their cat's Instagram's username? I know I don't. Toff underscore Boomy. Toff underscore Boomy. Isn't that two underscores? Or is Toff it underscore underscore Boomy. It is Toff underscore underscore Boomy. Go check it out. Go 
follow them. They're cute cats. They they're awful. They're awful. We did have to re-record this because they were sh- scratching at our door, but we love them. We do. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, join us next time when we talk about chapter three. Yep. See ya. Bye. Thank you.